Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 1. And let's talk about Jesus a little while today. Revelation chapter 21. We began this message last week and we just kind of had a prelude, a preliminary, a warm-up to it. And today we'd like to go forward in it as far as we can for a few moments. And we're thankful once again for the media ministry that uh, even if we had 500 people in a building right now, I'm still glad for the media ministry because this message needs to go beyond 500 people localized. This needs to get out. Amen. Because Jesus is coming soon. And everyone doesn't have that message that is pertinent to the last days. We have a materialistic message that's out there that is drawing tens of thousands of charismatic Pentecostal background people that ought to know better, that really ought to know better. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. See if they be of God. For no marvel if Satan himself be transformed as an angel of light and his ministers as ministers of righteousness. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Amen. You don't try a spirit uh, uh, by looking at a person and the following they have and the accomplishments they're doing. You don't do it that way. There's going to be a whole lot of people tell the Lord about their accomplishments religiously that are not going to heaven. Many. Anytime God uses many, it takes me back. It, it makes me pause. It gives me pause. Many shall say in that day when all, the, all of the secrets of the heart are revealed. Amen. The Bible said there's nothing hid from the eyes of him of whom we have to do. And that's part of the message today. Amen. He, man looks on the outward appearance. Where does God look? He looks straight at the heart. And there are many people that have become self-deceived. And the Bible said evil and wicked men, and they don't appear that way. An angel of light doesn't appear as what it truly is. Satan said, I can do that. I was that. I know how, I know how to mimic that because I used to be that. The devil used to be an angel of light, a light-bearing angel. His name before the fall was Lucifer. Only I wouldn't name a child Lucifer today. It's not one of those top ten names for your kid, right? Amen? Maybe your pit bull, right? Maybe your pit bull. But if I meet a pit bull named Lucifer, I'm going to stay way away from him. Amen. There's a, I, I, we look sometimes at rescue dogs, and there's a rescue dog, an old mama pit bull named Precious. And I thought, boy, that's a big old ugly dog. But to somebody, she's precious. Amen. Hallelujah. And she would be to us if she come home and loved on us, and without a doubt. Lucifer, Lucifer, Lucifer. Lucifer. Lucifer means light bearer. Before the fall, he was that anointed cherub 
that walked among the coals of the altar. These coals of the altar that, that angels have to shield themselves because of the glory. And the Bible said that the devil was beautiful. And he was a high-ranking archangel at one time. And said pipes were created in him. So he led praise and worship evidently in heaven. Isn't that incredible? An angel didn't have to have an instrument. He had within his celestial body the instrumentation to make music and praise and honor to God. And he ministered that anointed cherub that ministered among the coals of the altar. He was in the direct, distinct presence of God. Isaiah glimpsed that when he went into the temple and the glory of God, his train filled the temple in the book of Isaiah. He saw the seraphims, the angels that did not join Satan in rebellion and stayed uh, in the presence of God. And he saw them with with wings covering themselves and, and moving and, and ministering. It was a cold from that altar that touched the lips of Isaiah, the prophet, to sanctify him that he might be a pure vessel for God to speak through. Can you say, man, that's an incredible, incredible thing. Praise God. Lucifer, before the fall, he was an archangel. He was a light bearer, and he, he evidently led the music and praise. But by reason of his beauty, he was lifted up. Someone said pride is the sin that made an angel a devil. That's why pride is, is such, a, such a terrible thing to entertain or to allow in our life. The first thing about Jesus was he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Though he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God, he humbled himself. If, my, if you want prayers answered... There's got to be a humbling of yourself. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and then pray. But don't pray before humbling yourself. There's a, there's a chronological order to all of this. Don't even, don't even start making a petition until you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And you reverence his holy name. Thank God he's your, he's, your, he's your daddy. He's your Abba Father. But he is not your old man. Amen. This shouldn't, he should not be approached with, a ca- approached with a casual or carnal attitude of heart. Our Father, yes, you have familial uh, and familiar. And he wants you to be that child that comes boldly before the throne. But he wants you to come reverently. And he wants you to come humbled by the fact that you are invited behind the veil. Can you say, man, that that ought to humble us. And since we're not equal with God, it should be easier for us to humble ourselves than it was for Christ to humble himself. And he did it. He humbled himself. And, and, and. And took on himself the form of a servant. And was obedient. Even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God hath highly exalted him. And given him a name above every name. Can you say amen? And it all started with humbling ourselves. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you. In due season, not when you think you're ready, but when he knows you're ready. Amen. Amen. Moses wasn't ready to lead Israel out 
until he he had a personal failure don't mean you have to sin it means that you have to be humbled you have to and whatever contributes to that god can use even though it's negative in the initial part of it <laughs> moses he, he you know when he, it at first he thought worthy to do a whole lot of things but then when he messed up so bad and he was keeping sheep on the backside of the wilderness and god came to him and said go tell pharaoh let my people go <laughs> He said, oh, all right, it's about time. I come in my calling. I knew I was called. No, you know what he said? You know what Moses said? He said, Lord, I, I, have a, I can't speak. I got a speech impediment. I, I can't go down there and talk to him. I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have, I don't have anything. I'm, I keep these sheep out here. Amen. <laughs> That's my job. And you're telling me to go down to the mightiest nation in the world, to the greatest ruler in the world, and tell him to let your people go and I kind of see a to me now I see a type of the Holy Spirit here because he says you don't need to do the talking you just need to tell Aaron what to say <laughs> amen he'll do the talking for you isn't that great God said I don't need your ability amen I need your humility that's that's good stuff if I am saying it. I don't need your ability. I need your humility. What happened to King Saul when thou was little in thine own eyes? Everybody say humility. When thou was little in thine own eyes, I made you a king to lead my people. But now your kingdom is taken away from you and it's going to be given to another. But when you were humble... And you would listen and you would obey because humility allows obedience. Listen, Jesus humbled himself and the next thing, he became obedient. Even unto the death of the cross. He, no, the next thing, he took on himself the form of a servant. Isn't that incredible? The God manifest in flesh, and yet he took on himself the form of a servant, and he demonstrated that not only at the cross in the ultimate sacrifice of servanthood, but he did it when he took off the sandals of the, of the apostles, and he washed the dirty feet of men. No wonder Peter said, you shouldn't be washing my feet. I should be washing your feet. But you know something? There can even be a pride in that. Because, yeah, I ministered to Jesus. I, I, oh, yeah, I ministered to Jesus. He was so tired. But, boy, I gave him a foot massage. Amen. And I, I, I cheered him up. And I, I heard a preacher say the other day, he said, he said, I went in my office. And he said, I had a busy schedule. He's got a big TV broadcast and five jet planes. And so there's more than one of them, so it's hard to figure out which one it was. So you can just go around in circles. Can you say, man? And he said, uh, he said, he said, and I perceived that God was sad. Well, I don't know where he got that from. It breaks God's heart. So many people going to hell, but but God doesn't have to deal with depression. God doesn't need Zoloft or Xanax or anything else. Can you say, man? He's, he's self-sufficient. He doesn't even need us. He wants us. That's the glory of the gospel. He don't need us to be fulfilled. He created so many angels, and we're not angels. <laughs> Somebody give me fist bumps over here. 
wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Boy, I talk about enthusiasm. <laughs> Amen. We got it on this front row up here. Amen. And God wants us. That's incredible. He, he, they, they thought they were feeding him when they were offering sacrifices to show their devotion to him. They thought they were actually satisfying something God needed. Say, why, why are we offering all this to you and you're not answering us and you're not responding to us in Psalm 50? He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. I own the cattle of a thousand hills. Amen. I don't need you to feed something in me. I don't need you. You need me. And I love you. And I want to help you. But I want you to humble yourself in my presence. Humble you. Well, let me tell you what this guy said. And are you criticizing him? No, I'm just telling you what he said. You can, you don't criticize him. Just say he's crazy. It's not, that's just an observation. And yet, Christians with Bibles on tape, not tape, but Bibles on everything you can conceive of, hadn't figured it out yet that this is so wrong. So what he says is, God was sad. I perceive that God was sad. Well, number one, God isn't sad. If he's like us, we're in big trouble. Can you say, man, listen, to, we need to be more like him. He don't need to be brought down to our level. He needs to be lifted up. I saw the Lord. What? I saw the Lord and he was kind of walking around mopey. No, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Glory be to God. Thou art the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made heaven and earth by thine outstretched hand and there's nothing too hard for thee. There's no searching of his understanding. Amen. Let all the world stand in awe of him hallelujah for, for he commanded and it was done he spoke and it was done he commanded and it stood fast he sits upon the circle of the earth Columbus wouldn't have had to made the trip to prove it amen if he'd read the Bible carefully amen they knew the earth wasn't flat before the astronomers and the ast figured it out amen because he sits upon the what the circle of the earth heaven is my throne the universe and the earth is my footstool when they were building that glass cathedral that came to naught finally came to naught the ministry he said that's my footstool where is the house? Where is the house? We need a house big enough to accommodate people. Your body's where he wants to come and live. There ain't no, nothing we can build to draw him. Where's the house you'll build to me? But to whom then will I look? Amen. To him that is, uh-oh, here it comes. Here it comes. A humble and contrite spirit who trembleth at my word. Everybody say humble. See, we got off. We, we got a whole outline here. We, we're just warming up to it. <laughs> Amen. But I think God wants us to talk about humility today. Amen. Listen to the pride. See if you can detect pride. If you can detect it in others, maybe you'll get good at detecting it in yourself. Amen. Have you ever met someone that 
Uh, you know, I say it tongue in cheek. A guy won an award he, for most humble, and they give him a pin to wear. Most humble, he wore it to church the next Sunday, and they took it away from him. Amen. So anyway, there there are people proud of their humility. I don't know if you're hearing this. Proud of their humility, they're quick to tell you just how humble they really are. Ah, folks, if it's not apparent. If it's not apparent, if you're trying to be self-promoting, though Jesus thought it not robbery to be called equal with God, he humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant. Now he can become obedient, even if it cost him his physical life, obedient unto death. And because of that, God highly exalted him. And that's the biblical principle. Humble yourself under. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. You have to decide. I'm going to bow to God. I'm going to bow. I'm not just going to believe him and show him my boldness. I'm going to bow first. It doesn't start with believing. It starts with bowing. Can you say, man? It's part of humbling yourself. Our Father which art in heaven... I'm standing on your word for this. I'm claiming that. No. Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I reverence you. I'm going to come boldly in just a few seconds into the very throne room of God and know that I'm welcome through the blood of Jesus to talk to you about things. But right now, Right now, I'm humbling myself. And to further the humility, before I ask for anything that I believe is your will or that I need, thy kingdom come. You talk about humbling yourself. Amen. When you want his will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. His will to be done. That's humility. Humble yourself. Can you see the reverence and humility and then petition? And then you pray. Give us this day our daily bread. We're praying for you to meet the needs that we have. But we humbled ourselves. We acknowledged and acquiesced to your will. Thy will be done. Don't someone. Some, let me get back to this guy. You see the humility. Listen to it carefully. Without it, we, we've got proud. God resists the proud. And it doesn't matter what promotes that pride. If it's religiously, if it's all of our religious and, and Christian accomplishments, when we begin to walk in that self-sufficiency and self-exaltation of pride, God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. There was a conference speaker, him and his wife. I think they were originally from Great Britain, from England. And he wrote many books. I will think of his name, but he said that don't really matter. So isn't that good to hear? (laughs) Isn't that good to hear that someone with such... Bristol. Briscoe. Stuart Briscoe and his wife. They spoke at conferences all over the world. And... uh, And he was asked by someone, how do you walk 
with the Lord so closely and walk in such victory and your marriage is representative of that victory? How do you go through your trials and, and keep the faith like you do? He said, I go into my living. See, he could write a book on, on mountain moving faith. There's nothing wrong with that. This mustard seed can move a mountain. But remember, it's a little mustard seed moving the mountain. It's not another mountain growing big as that mountain so it can overtake that mountain. No, it's, a, it's faith in God, not faith in faith and not faith in self. Can you say, man, it is not the quantity of faith Jesus is teaching. It is the quality of it. Hallelujah. Faith in your faith will fail if your faith wavers. Faith in his faithfulness will be like an anchor, sure and steadfast for your soul that reaches into that that is behind the veil. No, you don't hook your anchor on the ark. You don't hook it on the tables of stone. You don't hook it on the manna that was preserved. Amen. It is the person that is manifesting his personal presence behind that veil. Who is that? Amen. Jehovah. God was behind that veil in an earthly manifestation of his person and presence. Hallelujah. And our faith reaches into that that is behind the veil. That is the person who says, I, 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 don't, I don't choose not to lie. I don't make a choice. You have to choose because you have the potential to lie. You have to choose not to. But I don't have the potential. Amen. In me, in you, there's a lot of darkness you have to deal with. Can you say amen? But in me... There's no darkness at all, neither a shadow of turning, no possibility of any entering in or any change coming. Hallelujah. I am. That's the anchor. God cannot. Not that he says, I will not. It's because he cannot. That's why Jesus is called the truth. He can't be any. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? You know what Jesus said? I am the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I can't help but tell the truth. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And you shall know the truth. It's not just studying the Scripture. It's knowing that Jesus is truth. And God is truth. Hallelujah. And if you continue in my word, you'll know me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they that know the truth. We'll walk in the freedom and liberty of that truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. What's your greatest defense against a liar? That is so good at lying. That, that angels, one third of the angels followed. He's so persuasive. One third of the angels followed him. Oh, but put the truth before him. Put the truth before him. Put the truth before him. Can you say, man, hallelujah, he has to flee. But you have to be sincere in your own heart and life. And we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due season. Well, this guy that's, that's written books, he's got, you know, he's got so many followers and we're all packing Bibles and, and the churches that teach some of this stuff is called a word church. And that's a good thing. I hope this is, we preach the word here. If you don't love the word of God, you're going to be real unhappy here because we're just not in the entertainment business. But I'm here to entertain you. Anybody. And you can see that. 
leaves us a lot of room. There are people being entertained this morning. They're not being challenged. They're not being changed, but they're having a good time. Amen. They're going to have a good time. They're going to be the same old mossy-backed. They used to call them old mossy-backed. That means they're not doing anything. They're so slow as a turtle with moss on its back growing on it. Church starts at 10 o'clock sharp and 11 o'clock sharp, 12 o'clock dull. Amen. Because there's no love of the truth. You know what happened in the old covenants happening today? Truth has fallen in the street. One of the saddest stories I ever heard after reading that scripture was a young woman that a man accosted and he began to cut her. Apartment complex, she was right right by an apartment complex. People opened their blinds, looked out their windows, listened to her cries for help as she was being knifed and cut and slashed to death. She crumpled to the ground and bled out. And the thing was, I know maybe someone couldn't have run down there to a person with a knife. I could have. Because I had something, you know, what's the old saying? You don't take a knife to a gunfight? Well, there's going to be a gunfight. Amen. I wouldn't watch somebody if I had the means to stop it. Oh, Brother Vimba, you would shoot somebody? I'd shoot you. (laughs) If you were doing that to somebody. I'd shoot you in the kneecap. I think that would slow you down a little bit. And I'd threaten to shoot you somewhere else. Amen? Oh, but Brother Venable. Oh, you don't, you don't. See, see, this is, this, you, you can be humble and not be the Jesus we're trying to create today. Lowly. No, Jesus, meek and mild. He humbled himself, but he is not lowly. He is not, he's not coming back on a donkey. Amen. Letting people do things to him like they did to him so he could save us. That's not the Jesus that's coming back. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Amen. I'm so glad. I know the Jesus that is standing in intercession for me. I know the Jesus that is coming for me. I know the Jesus that is that has made me more than a conqueror over the devil. I know the Jesus that John saw after the resurrection, after his ascension. Can you say, man, the one that's coming back? Amen. I want to see that Jesus. It's it's a good thing he humbled himself because he told Peter, said Peter. Put up your sword. Put that that silly sword back in its sheath. I don't need a man to defend me. If my kingdom were of this world, I, I would I would try to use the world's weapons. I would use the world's resources. Put up your sword. <laughs> Listen, when he was before Pilate, he was dumb. 
like a, a sheep before its shearer, he opened not his mouth. And I'm thinking about him as he is now and say, and as he was then, they couldn't see that. But this, this Jesus was God incarnate. It's a good thing he didn't open his mouth. Can you say, man? He told it to Peter, didn't he? He said, Peter, if my kingdom were of this world, I would call the armies of heaven. In the Old Covenant, He's called the Lord of hosts. Jesus, alluded to in the Old Covenant, is the Lord of hosts. You know what that is? The Commander-in-Chief of Heaven's armies. When He comes back, is He following? Is He somewhere in the sidelines? Or is He riding a white horse and the armies of the Lord following Him? Can you say, man, hallelujah. Is there a name on His thigh? Is there a name on his thigh? Is there a name on his thigh? King of kings, Lord of lords. Why? Because he humbled himself and was obedient and God has, has exalted him and given him a name that's above every name of things in heaven, earth, and beneath the earth that at the sound of his name every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Wow. I love to talk about Jesus. And the Jesus that's coming is not the one that rode on the donkey into Jerusalem. And by the way, that Jesus didn't seem so lowly and mild when he went directly to the temple. And he found they'd turned it into a den of thieves because they were money changers. When we went to Jamaica... We took our American money and we put it down and they gave us Jamaican money so we could buy things with their currency, money changers. The problem is they were making money from being making that exchange. They were making money on it and they were doing it many times by defrauding people and not giving them the correct amount of money. And he said, and besides, you just don't do this in the temple. And let me tell you something about the temple. Although preaching is certainly important and teaching, Jesus went in the temple, opened up the book, and began to teach and declared himself through the scriptures to be the Messiah. This day it's fulfilled in your ear. So preaching and teaching is important. Worship and praise is important. There were singers in the temple designated that's what Solomon called out and, 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 and others called forth to sing the high praises of God. Amen. Jehoshaphat called for the singers designated to worship in the temple. So praise and worship and teaching the Bible is all part of that. But Jesus didn't mention the praise. He didn't put the premium on the worship. What did he put the premium on? My house shall be called a house of prayer. Of prayer. Why did they have deacons in the first place? To hire and fire the leadership and run the church? No, to wait on the widow's tables. Not because they were not humble enough. They were just called to something that if they spent part of their time doing that, they couldn't fulfill this. It's not meat that we... Take on this role. Choose you seven men. 
get seven men full of the Holy Ghost. Let them take care of that so you can give yourself to preparing your sermon so people say, man, that preacher preaches. I'm telling you, he's deep. Wow. Amen. You got to say deep. Need hip boots for that, right? Anyway, moving right along. It's just so deep you don't understand it. You don't get it. Whatever God wants you to get, if it's over your head, you won't get it. That's why Jesus used parables to begin with. But he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, I won't have to use them anymore. I'll show, he'll show you plainly of the Father. You'll get it, even though it's deep. Can you say, man, you'll still get it. Praise God. How I know you'll get it? Because my mother-in-law got it. When we talked about the first Adam death reigning and Jesus coming in type like a second Adam that never sinned, it's, that's some deep stuff when you think about it. You start talking, she was asking me some question. I was answering some deep theological stuff, and she got it. It's like a light went on. And I'm telling you, that was a pretty dark area. And <laughs> I mean, I love her. She's a wonderful lady, but she's a little bit goofy. But even goofy people can get it when the light comes on. Can you say amen? How many of y'all got it? Didn't I tell you? <laughs> no wonder nobody else is here. <laughs> Isn't God good? We're all goofy but until we get saved. We're super goofy. Amen. Until the Holy Spirit's able to show us things. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. When that light comes on, you see. You see what you couldn't see before. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. But we see Jesus made a little lower than the angels. When he took on flesh, he said he was lower than the angels because he took on this flesh body. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, he, he walked in that and he walked in the humility of that. Jesus went home at 12 years old after wowing them in the temple and having all of these scribes and sages. They marveled at his wisdom and his understanding of Scripture. And you know what he did next? He said, I ain't going to take out the trash. Uh-uh. I'm a, I'm a mighty one. They got movies out about his childhood. It has nothing to do with scripture. It's just surmising that he's, he, you know, I saw, a, I saw a hawk grab a pigeon and I, I didn't see the movie. I'm just figuring the crazy things they do. Somebody say, you ought to see that. It's got Jesus in it. Well, what Jesus is it got in it? And is it anywhere near what the Bible said? You ought to see Noah. I didn't know they had monsters, uh, the rock monsters and, and stuff back then walking around like King Kong. And no, no, they didn't. Wouldn't it be something if they'd make a movie and stick You don't have to change it to have an adventure. You don't have to change it for it to be exciting. Amen. <laughs> There's a lot of adventure and excitement as it's written. But you know who these people consult? They consult liberal theologians that don't even believe in miracles, don't believe in the virgin birth, don't believe in the resurrection. And they consult them because they got a Ph.D. in theology and got zero on neology. Never... Never prayed that God would open the scriptures and show them anything because Professor Fahrenheit, so many degrees they call him Professor Fahrenheit, told them so. 
I'm glad I know the God of the Bible. I'm glad I know who Jesus is now. Praise God. I'm glad I know who's coming for me. And I'm glad I know who's living in. Oh, wait, wait. He's not just coming for me. He's living in me right now. Hallelujah. I have somebody with me to share my heavy load. I feel his presence near me every day. Though trouble overtake me on life's weary road, I have somebody with me all the way. Hallelujah. You have somebody with you? What's it mean to say I'll never leave you nor forsake you? What's that mean to you? Does it have any impact when you feel alone and lonely? You've got to override that. You've got to transcend that. You've got to supersede that. That's your old flesh. Forget about it. Can you say, man, that's a feeling. I'm talking about a fact. You've got to begin to trade your feeling for facts and let the facts then begin to change your feeling. Amen. Biblical truth. Facts can change your feelings. And believe it or not, your feeling won't change the facts, but it can change your belief in those facts if you go by how you feel. Well, I don't feel God, Brother Venable. Hey, join the club. There's times I don't feel Him either. I wouldn't need faith if I felt Him. If I felt, my, if I felt what I'm feeling right now all the time, I wouldn't need faith. Because I feel it. We, we, we Pentecostals, we, we, we coined the phrase, didn't we? God's not dead, He's still alive. You want to know how we knew that? Boy, we could argue that with any, any atheist or agnostic. Amen. God's not dead, He's still alive. Boy, we sung it, right? Well, how do we know that? Because I feel Him in my hands. I feel Him in my feet. I feel Him all over me. No, that's not. No, you can't always feel that. I was having a bad day, Brother Venable, but I felt him all over me. Well, that would be nice, but that's not truth. Amen. Your flesh is still alive and kicking. And when you don't feel him, it's like the lady I prayed for. Lord, she come with such a burden. She was crying and weeping. I felt compassion. I laid hands on her. We had an anointed service. Boy, the Spirit of God hit her. She run around the church. She made a lap, and she wasn't, uh, you know, she didn't have on running shoes, and she wasn't, you know, had the body for running. She ran. She took off. She made a couple of laps around the building shouted, spoke in other tongues. And at the end of the service, we went to the back door and I'm shaking hands. And instead of saying, thank God he touched me tonight. Thank God I have a sense now that all is well with my soul. That God's in control. It's going to be all right. No, no, no truth had entered yet. And her old feelings came. Soon as that Spiritual anointing that touched her lifted that sense of his presence. There was no faith to trust him or believe him. And she said to me, she said, I sure hope God helps me. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I thought, what was, I didn't say it. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. What's this all about? What is all this power in tongues? What is all this shouting and dancing? What is all this presence of God that's overwhelming you and yet there's no trust in him? Listen, 
Israel saw his miracles. But the Bible said in the same verse, but Moses knew his ways. His methodology, method of operation, his MO. Amen. They saw the miracles. But did it, did it give them faith to go in because they saw the Red Sea part? No. Did it give them faith to go in and take the land because they saw manna come out of heaven? No. Did it give them faith to go in because they saw water come out of a rock? No. Did it give them faith to go in because a cloud kept them from getting sunbaked during the day? The glory of God was following them and overshadowing them and a pillar of fire by night. What? What? And no faith to go in. No faith to go in. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Here's some things we usually say. Jesus said it. I believe it and it's so. No. Jesus said it. It's so. His word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus said it. It's so. Well, Brother Venable, it ain't working in my life. Honey, you better take some responsibility and don't blame God. You need God. You don't need to be pointing your finger at God. Amen. I may not understand him. I may question him like Job. Amen. But I know better than to accuse him of unfaithfulness. Can you say, man, I've learned better. Oh, well, I don't know why God blesses some people and don't bless me. Well, you know, get in the Bible sometime, and I think you'll be able to figure that out pretty quick. Can you say, man, are you humble and obedient? Are you willing to give up your flaky friends to follow Jesus? Or would you rather have your flaky friends and say, when I'm old and gray and too old to partay? I'm rhyming a little bit here today. Can you say, man, then, 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 then. I might consider following Jesus because right now I'm having too big a time to be a disciple of Jesus. I have to give up my flaky friends. They people asked me before, will I have to give up my flaky friends if I become a Christian? I said, no, become a Christian, they'll quit you. Live for God, you'll find out if they're really friends. A true friend will applaud the fact that you have found a faith that gives you a peace and a joy that they can't get on drugs or alcohol or, or illicit sex or anything else. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. When Saul came back, at one time he humbled himself before the Lord. God used him mightily to lead Israel. Him and Jonathan, his son, when Saul came back, he was told to not take any spoil this land is polluted. It's dirty. It's filthy. I believe if we read between the lines, it was demonized. The people were demonized and there was no way of casting out devils until Jesus came. No one cast out a devil in the old covenant ever. No one dealt with the devil face to face. There was war in the heavenlies, but the angel had to tell Daniel about it. Can you say amen? He didn't have a personal confrontation. But in the New Testament, when Jesus come, amen, that changed. 
So when he came back, Saul bringing back the king to say, see, this is all pride. He did this under God's anointing, but instead of giving God glory, he's taking glory. Pride will always take the glory. And he points and says, look, I brought him back. Look, I'm, I'm leading him like a dog. I, I, I conquered out here. Look what my, look, look at the oxen they had. Oh, they were too pretty to slay and leave in that land. I brought them back. Oh, and then it gets religious. Pride will hide under a religious cloak. I brought these oxen back to give as sacrifices. Isn't God going to be pleased when he sees the fat? There's no one, there's no oxen here to offer as fat as these oxen, as beautiful as these oxen. Come on, your flesh and mine is full of pride. Amen. And it will grab a hold of that. that and, and, and it will push back against humility. And that's why our spirit has to rise up and put that, put that down every time it rises up. That's why when they introduced our church as the most holy church of God, I immediately ha- had a disclaimer. If we ever get the most holy, I don't even think I'd change our name. Amen. <laughs> I don't, let's just strive to be holy, okay? And stay humble. Listen to me carefully. Amen. What meaneth this? The bleeding of the oxen. What does that mean, Saul? The prophet walks forth and said, what's that? Why'd you disobey God? He said, I brought these back to, see, humility, servant heart brings obedience. Pride will bring disobedience, but many times will cloak it in obedience. I brought these back to offer to God. Isn't he going to be pleased? He said to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Hallelujah. You've lost your humility. When thou was little, when you were humble, say it with me. When you were humble. When you were little in your own eyes, I made you a king over Israel. That's what he was looking for. Amen. But now, now that has changed within you. Your accomplishments, something has changed. It got into Samson, didn't it? Samson was so confident that the Spirit of God would come on him as at other times. Even when he kept compromising, he, was, he, was, he, he wasn't humble anymore. He, 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 said, he shook himself as at other times, fully expecting the Spirit of God to come on him. But it didn't. He found himself bound. And next he found himself blind. But after the binding came the blinding. Listen to me carefully. The enemy wants to control. He wants to get us out of obedience at all costs. Amen. I was counseling someone about three weeks ago and it came up, how can this person claim to be a Christian? We didn't say it, that it wasn't said in judgmentalism, but can you be a Christian and continue in this kind of debauchery and this kind of disobedience, this kind of rebellion and these kinds of sins? Can you expect to go to heaven and live that lifestyle unrepentant, unconvicted. Can you do that? There is a scripture in 1 John and it says this, he that committeth live habitually in sin. He that committeth live habitually in 
Amen. Same, same, same book says if, if we say we have no sin, we're lying to ourselves. We're lying to God. We're lying to people. But if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse us and cleanse us. Not just forgive us so we can continue to do it, but forgive us and cleanse us. I said, no. The Bible says you can't. I know there's a doctrine out there and I know there are people self-deceived and I know there's going to be many call Him Lord. No one could call Him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. And it'd be really true. No man comes to Christ except the Spirit draw Him. And we're baptized not into a denominational structure but into a living spiritual organism called the church we're baptized into the body of the lord jesus christ hallelujah by one spirit when there were little in thine own eyes but now it's changed in your kingdom you're not going to remain king took a while but he died in battle that he once won battle after battle after battle. I tell everybody, you're, you're probably your greatest time of danger is not when you're embattled and you're fighting for your life and depending totally on the Lord. It's when you've won a bunch of battles and you're beginning to move out of that dependency on God. Look what my hand. He told them that. Be careful. When you go into the land of milk and honey, dig ore out of those hills and have more than enough and build your houses and say in your heart, mine hand hath gotten me these things. And listen, and forget the Lord thy God in obeying all that he commands you. You lose your humility. You become disobedient, self-sufficient. What leads to obedience? Humility. Not just resolve to obey, but humbling yourself and saying, Lord, I, I don't want this attitude. It's here and I confess it before you, but I know it's not pleasing to you. And Lord, I don't want it. Help me in the name of Jesus. That's when the help is coming. When I am weak, then am I made strong. After you've suffered for a while, he will establish strengthen and settle you to settle you means turn resolutely in the right direction i i, I tell you I, my 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 son likes boxing he follows boxing my son matthew and he said he's got a granite chin a, <laughs> it's granite you know but he, he he hyphenates it he he keeps saying it i want to correct him but i correct him on so much I don't want him to get a bad self-image. <laughs> he said he's got a granite, granite chin. I remember when Sister Carol used to be, now it's Carol Kimball, lives in Maine, used to be Carol Pogue. I remember when she came to, we lived in a double-wide trailer in Trailer Park back then, had a little carport with a little utility room attached to it. And my son was standing out because Jason and him used to play together. And, and, and uh, she said, Matthew, you need to close your barn door because your zipper was down. You know, that nice way of saying your zipper's down. And, and by the way, if you 
I, I'd be glad to receive anything like that if it became necessary. Amen. Okay, thank you. What <laughs> was my wife for, right? Make sure your zipper's up. All right. People won't listen to the sermon. They'll be saying, oh, Lord, somebody tell him. If I get a booger on my chin, please tell me. I mean, just tell me. I'm already, people are helping me with this right here. Amen. She said, Matthew, you need to close your barn door. Boy, he immediately, he was such an obedient child. He turned right around and shut the door to the utility room. <laughs> so, that's obedience, right? The best of his knowledge, that, that's what she was talking about. Humility will create a servant-hearted attitude. Jesus said, what I'm doing in washing your feet, see, God's going to use these men in a mighty way. God is going to anoint them as the apostles to command miracles to occur. They're going to see things that he's going to, they're, they're going to remember he, he warned them about pride. Even when they were casting out devils, the 70, he sent 70 out and they came back rejoicing that demons were subject to them. You see the chest begin to come out. I mean, it's good to recognize your authority as a believer, but don't prance around like a rooster. It's through his name. They don't come out in your name. They don't come out because of your authority. It's the authority vested in the name of Jesus, and it's in the name of Jesus that you tread on serpents. It's only in the name of Jesus that you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's in the name of Jesus that you drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. It's whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. So who gets the glory for the victories that that come through the authority vested in that name? He gets the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. You stay humble and God can still use you and not resist you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. When there was little in thine own eyes, I made you king. But now that's changed. And when he moved into pride, he wouldn't listen to the prophets anymore. Did you notice that? He wouldn't listen. He quit listening. In fact, when they prophesied something he didn't like, he killed the prophets and went to battle in his own faith and self-sufficiency. And Jonathan followed him because of a family tie. And yet he loved David with all of his heart, but he didn't love him enough to break that family tie. And he died with him. Be careful who you follow. Amen. There are people I don't want to get in a car with. Because I don't know when God's going to lower the boom on them. And I don't want to be there when he does. I mean, honestly, there's people that I would, I don't want to go on a trip. I mean, if, you know, if it was a, a trip for the Lord, I'd sit beside them and pray, God, when you lower the boom, remember me. Can you say, <laughs> I'm not part of this. I'm not party to this. I wouldn't be here if there's any other way to get there. I'm serious. I, I, when God lays it on, I don't want to get between God and, and his whatever he's going to do. God has a way of getting people's attention. 
Amen. I've given up on a lot of people. I didn't give up on praying for them. I give them to God. I said, Lord, you're going to deal with them. They won't listen to me. They won't listen to nobody. They won't listen to Scripture. They, they are headstrong. They are stubborn like a mule. Got down in Alabama, brought a mule as we closed. He bought a mule from a guy and said that mule will plow from sunup to sundown and plow a row as straight as a plumb line. He said, man, I got to have that mule. He bought the mule. Supposed to be, you know, semi-true anyway. He bought the mule. He got out there on a Monday morning, hooked up the mule to the plow, paid more than than the going price for mules. He said, get up. Mule just stood there, stubborn as a mule. Gee, go one way. Haul, go the other. No, couldn't steer him because he couldn't start him. Amen. In other words, he wouldn't start up. He called the guy and said, I'm bringing him back. This mule won't plow. He said, well, did you hit him this morning? He said, no, I hadn't hit him. Why? He said, oh, he's a stubborn old mule. He's as stubborn a mule as I've ever seen. I think that's where they coined the phrase. Stubborn as a mule was from him. He said, listen. He said, you don't want to hurt him bad. You just take a two before. And you go out in the morning and you whack him right between the eyes. And said, he'll stagger for a minute. And said, as soon as he quit staggering around, he said, he'll be ready to plow. He'll listen to you, but you just got to get his attention. You know what the Lord said? There are people that have to be, uh, that just let, let the devil at them. They want to serve the devil. They want the devil to be their daddy. They don't want me to be their father. They want him to be their, let him at them. Let him at their body. In, in process of counseling, we both agreed it's going to take something. It's going to take a two before to get that person's attention. Did I pray for it? Didn't have to. It's going to run its course. I don't have to. I'm not even going to pray that. that that's, that's above my pay grade. God sees the heart. But we can all see the activity. And when the heart is right, it's going to change the outside. It don't work from the outside in. It works from the inside out. But it does work from the inside out. And that's why the Bible said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let what has happened in you begin to be expressed on the outside of you. Can you say amen? This gets serious after a while. Because we got too many people sitting in church that are not humble and that haven't been humbled. And when they walk out of church, you can't tell them from anybody else. It's like the old country song about the guy that parties on the weekend, has illicit sex on the weekend, gets drunk on the weekend. But Sunday, Sunday, he gets it all right with God. And it's the chorus of the song, me and Jesus got our own thing going. We got it all worked out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a sinner Six days a week, but I'm going to be a saint on Sunday to get all the benefits and blessings in heaven to boot. It doesn't work that way. That's a cheap grace. That's not grace didn't. What shall we sin that grace may abound? God 
God. Not, this is not denominational preferences, organizational creeds. God forbid. For whoever you and I yield our members humility, offer your body a living sacrifice. Do you get it? Amen. Holy unto God. Listen, whoever you and I yield our members servants to obey. His servants you are, whom you obey. It's not about what you say, it's whom you obey. Can you say, man, why callest thou me, what? Lord, Lord, and do not what I say. If any man hear my words and do it not, what's he like? It doesn't matter if he's in church every Sunday, tithing of everything he possesses. He said, your righteousness is going to have to exceed that of the scribe and Pharisee. You can't enter the kingdom of God on works alone. But if you do enter the kingdom of God, there's going to be some verifying works to qualify it. Any man hears my word and does it not, I'll show you what he's like. He's like someone that built his foundation on the sand. He built a great edifice, but the foundation was on the sand. When the floods came and the wind and rains came, it fell and great was the fall of it. I've lived long enough to see shipwrecked souls that one time looked like great dedicated Christian lives. And watch those pe- when I watch those people shipwrecked, those families torn apart, it, it just verifies what Jesus is saying. And then you have to go examine what kind of foundation did they really get on. But if any man hears my word and does it, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man that dig deep. Can you say, man, that's what deep is all about. It's getting down to the simplicity of humility. Amen. And the, and the joy of obedience. I'll run the way of thy commandments. David said, I'm not going to be tender. I'll run the way of thy commandments. Thy words are lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm not one of these people that say one thing and do another. Amen. I want to behave. What I believe. The winds came, the rains came, the flood tides came, but it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. And the rock wasn't just Jesus, it was that person's bowing to the Lordship of Christ. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who do you bow to? Is this a game? Some people play this whole religious thing like a game. And you know when they come in church, and I've been watching people come in church for years, they come in with a guilty conscience. See, you, you know that's not how you're to live your Christian life. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's a joy in obedience. Now you're clean through the word that I've spoken to you. Oh, it feels so good. I, I worked out in this heat, in the yard work and stuff, covering an old, I pulled off an old tarpoleum that was rotten, and all that stuff got in my eyes and my hair and all over me and sweated through my clothes. And when I come in, you know, sometimes Pamela wants to give me a bite of sugar. Did you hear her snort? Did you hear her snort? <laughs> I mean, she actually, you know, attempted to hug me one of those times. And, and I said, honey, 
unclean, unclean. <laughs> I was, I was stinky. I'm telling you, my right guard gave up and gave out and run off. But I went in the shower and I got in that shower, just the temperature, just enough heat and you know, and sudged up. Oh, I sudged up and I sudged up again. I washed my hair and I washed it again because all that stuff from that old tarpaulin came down on me. It was all in me. I, I even washed behind my ears. Amen. I took care of business in that shower and I come out and I felt so good to be clean. Amen. When David said, create in me a clean heart. Renewing me a right spirit. Honey, it feels so good. I say it feels so good not to feel guilty. When you get that cleansing of the blood, walk in the light as he is in the light and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you. The word of God is a cleansing agent. He, he loved the church and he cleansed it. <laughs> Amen. Come on. He cleansed it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself. What? Amen. A stinky, old, dirty, uh, polluted church. No, a pure and holy church. That, that That's the word obeyed and applied can bring us to that place of acceptance with God. Not, not having spot or blemish, not sinlessly perfect, but perfectly committed to the Lordship of Jesus. I struggle with obedience because I, my flesh is weak. How about yours? I have no confidence in it at all. But I have great confidence in the Lord. Hallelujah. Who says His grace is sufficient. And if I confess, He will forgive. And he will cleanse and he will strengthen me. Amen. Are you getting the place of humility in your faith and to allow for your obedience so you can walk in the victory and be the witness that God wants you to be? Closing my stepdad, third closing, last one. Amen. My stepdad heard a lawnmower on Sunday. And that was back when, you know, generally speaking, Christians had a Sabbath unto the Lord. It wasn't the Old Testament mandatory Sabbath. It was a Sabbath begun in the New Testament that they practice as our example. Amen. And Sunday was just a day that Christians honored God. That's why we go to church on Sunday is the primary day. And they did it to, to commemorate the resurrection. Anyway, it was a great day. And we heard a lawnmower. Went to mom's after church. And we were new Christians, too. We went to mom's, and mom and my stepdad, she had the good stuff she had cooked. And we loved to go there and eat her good home cooking, drink iced tea for free. Amen. <laughs> go to mama's. It's, it's going to be on the table. I mean, baby, those lima beans with ham hocks in there. It wasn't potato salad. Come on. It was tater salad. I mean, come on. It's better than potato salad. It's hard to find tater salad anymore. Amen. People don't know what that is. That It was that homemade from the ground. Oh, it was good. And a ham. She had a big old ham. All things should be received, sanctified by the word and prayer. We'd say grace. They'd bow their heads and we'd pray. Heard a lawnmower going because a neighbor, a very dedicated neighbor, we rented a 32-foot trailer from him for about a year. Man, 
we've, we've been in some tight spots, but God was good. We were happy. Jesus was Lord, and he didn't leave us there long. Hallelujah. We were happy where we were because we had the Lord, the joy of Jesus, the peace of God. Amen. So, but his name, Mr. Johnson, heard a lawnmower. And my mom stopped and looked up, and she said, Somebody's mowing the grass. Must be Mr. Johnson. My stepdad said, no, it ain't Mr. Johnson. He's a Christian. He ain't going to be mowing. He ain't going to be fishing. He ain't going to be going here and there and doing nothing on Sunday. He's been to church and he's, he's it's not Mr. Johnson. He got up and looked out the window and sure enough, it wasn't Mr. Johnson. You know something, Mr. Johnson will never know what a witness he was to my stepdad because he decided I'm a Christian and I'm not bound by the law. I'm not doing this because of the law. I'm doing this because of the love and the honor and the reverence that I have for my sovereign and my Savior and my King. And it witnessed to my old tough truck driving son of a gun. Pappy was a pistol. He's a son of a gun. Can you say amen? Stepdad. He was crusty. And, but that touched him. Because he saw someone that said the faith is more important. I can mow this anytime. But I can't represent him all the time. And do these other things. Amen. So I'm going to just honor God today. My yard needs mowing. I thought about mowing it today. I wouldn't have a bit of problem going home mowing my yard. I'm not under the law. But I'm going to tell you what. There may be somebody in my neighborhood. Amen. Just like him. Come on, Sister V. There may be somebody in my neighborhood. Amen. Maybe it won't impress them because church has changed and Christians change. Sunday's just a day. People don't honor it like they should. Church-going people don't honor it. We had a guy come here, Little League coach, years ago. He, he was out many Sundays for a Little League game. I thought, well, that's just great. That's great. Now, everybody knows that's more important than God's house, God's word, God's worshiper, God's people. Isn't it? Takes precedent. If it takes precedent, then in our value system, it's more important. But I saw that man change. I saw that man begin to get more devoted. I saw that man to get more dedicated and to honor and reverence God and to humble himself, become a servant, and become obedient. Become obedient. And become obedient. And become obedient. As we close today, there's a church, one of the seven in Asia, Jesus said, I know where you're living. I know what you're under. The devil is coming against you in a harsh and hard way. Some of you are going to be put in prison. Isn't it amazing what he told them? Today, you're going to be put over. You're never going to have a problem. You're going to have a, the riches of the world. The wealth of the Gentiles is yours. Honey, we got wealth the Gentiles don't know nothing about and can't compare with in Christ. Some of you are going to be put into prison for your faith. 
So get ready for persecution. It's coming to you. He saw it coming. And now he's telling them how to handle it. Some of you are going to be put to death. Some of you are going to be put to death. Satan is going to have a limited time, but he's going to be loosed for a time. People are dying around the world for the cause of Christ, and people in America are not living for him. They're willing to die for him. We're not willing to live for him if it costs us anything. Tell me what's in it for me or I won't follow him. Forget following him. No more junk for Jesus. I mean that. I mean that. I don't know where we're going from here, but I don't want what most people think. Well, just, yes, yeah. No, 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 no. First fruits are nothing. First fruits are nothing. Honor him with what? What honors him? The first fruits, not the leftovers. Can you say, man? Come on. Oh, yeah. If I that's a whole other message, but it needs to be preached. God's people need to understand you can't honor God with your leftovers. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of thine increase. And what's going to happen? Thy barns will be filled with fatness and run over if you honor me and put me first in your life. Some of you are going to be put in prison. Some of you are going to be put to death. But be obedient unto death. And I'll give you a crown of life. See, your value system should be so different from the world that if it came between this world and Jesus, there's no contest. But right now, without a gun to people's head, without a knife to people's throat, there are people choosing the world over the kingdom of God in their own personal value system. I know people that were called to minister. Heavy anointings upon them. Time is passing. The window of opportunity is closing. And God is still waiting for his kingdom to be put first. And the reason it isn't is because we don't think we can make it without whatever we're clinging to. We don't think we can make it. God can't take care of us. God can't supply. God is not big enough. So I've got to compromise my faith and my value system just to get by, just to eke by, just to get, get by in life. And that's the problem. They're not flourishing. They're not fruitful. They're just barely making day after day. And the window of opportunity to serve him is closing. Looking back on it, if I'd stayed with Tampa Electric, I could have been in Terry's shoes. Full retirement from Tampa Electric, 401k for 50 years of service, a pension, Social Security, amen, brand new truck, house on the lake, <laughs> ain't a big one, but it's big enough to enjoy, right? 
I could be, I mean, if I wasn't called to preach, well, don't you wish you'd stayed with Tico? Don't you wish you had not went into ministry? No, somebody's going to be in heaven because we left Tampa Electric. Amen. We don't have that big retirement. Amen. I don't, I don't have a $40,000 truck and I don't have a $200,000 home. Amen. But I'll tell you what I have. I have a treasure laid up where the rust can't corrupt it. The moth can't eat it up. Can you say amen? Somebody, and I believe plenty of people are going to run down Glory Avenue, grab me around the neck when I go through that gate, and they're going to say, thank you for putting the kingdom first. Thank you for preaching the gospel for 46 years. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) And, And even better than all of that would to have my Lord and my Master say, well done. Well done. You wasn't perfect, but I used you anyhow because you obeyed me. I was not disobedient. I was not disobedient. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Will you stand to your feet today? We've got our money's worth today. Glory be to God. We only have one service, so we put two into one. Do you believe we need this message? Do you believe we need this message? Father, I thank you. I thank you. Lord, there's a shaking. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. So that something powerful and positive might occur. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. Can you say man? After the after all the smoke of battle clears, after all of the flood tides recede and the winds die down, there is a church that has been cleansed with the washing of water by the word, hallelujah, that bows to no other God and and makes Jesus the Lord of their life. They're going to be standing in this last day. And because they're standing, they're going to be outstanding. And the world is going to recognize God has a people. Everybody hasn't bowed their knees to Baal. There are those who will not do it. I want to be one of those people. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the evangelist in me coming out today. I want to be one of those people. I want my son to know that daddy, my, my, my son that's with the Lord, he saw some people out begging by the road for some project and holding some can. And, and looking like, you know, that they didn't lost their best friend. Poor, sad, poor, poor, pitiful me. Yeah, can you say, man, begging for Jesus? Can't build nothing. The people won't give to nothing. He ain't worth nothing. But maybe you'll drop a few coins in here and we can do something for God. And, and my son, he respected my walk and my faith and my life. He said, I looked over at my wife and said, my daddy would never do that. My daddy will never do that. My daddy, my daddy. Daddy will never do that. Why? Because I've taught him God is more than enough. God is big enough. God is powerful enough. God is worthy. And if we do our best for Him, it'll be enough. Isn't that good? Just like the widow's might, if we do our best for Him, it'll be enough. 
It'll get the job done. Hallelujah. But no more junk for Jesus. Say it with me. No more junk for Jesus. No more junk for Jesus. Can you say man? First fruits are nothing at all. And certainly not the leftovers. Malachi begins with, if I'm a father, where's my honor? Can you say, man, honor the Lord. And God will honor your prayers in your life. Thank God for victory in Jesus today. We're going to close with this song.